Hi, this is Christopher Framberg and I'm one of the pastors in SOS Church Stockholm. We are an international Pentecostal church on Kungsholmen with celebrations in both English and Swedish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations that are living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. Warm welcome to SOS Church, everyone. Uh, you may be seated. And I want to say an extra warm welcome to everyone joining in online. We are back online again. Uh, it's been a while, but we are now back together online. So welcome, and I hope that you will have an awesome Sunday from home. And I'm so happy to see some people here. Yesterday I got texts and calls from, I, I think, almost 20 families in a church that said, we are sick, we have a child that is sick, we are, we are staying home, da-da-da-da-da-da. Uh, so many people that were sick, so I was almost thinking that I would be alone just preaching for the camera uh, like, like the last two years, but I'm happy to see some faces uh, and even some new faces I haven't seen before. So extra warm welcome to everyone that is here for the first time. You choose a special Sunday to come, <laughs> come on. but I, I believe that we will have a good Sunday together. And, and, and we have Vision Sunday this Sunday. <laughs> Normally Vision Sunday is a big Sunday for us. And when I got so many calls, I was, ah, what, what, what are we going to do today? But we decided to do one service instead of two. So uh, that's why I'm speaking English and not Swedish this service. Om du kom och förväntar dig en svensk talande gudstjänst så brukar vi ha det vid 10.30. Och om du behöver tolkning så kan vi fixa det. Då går du ner till infodisken här nere. Så kan vi lösa tolkning till svensk om du behöver det. För hela den här gudstjänsten blir på engelska istället. All right. And I was going to start up with a small recap from 2021. I know it's already the second service in in uh, 2022, but a small recap. Are you with me? Oh, and it's Linnea, huh? <laughs> um, yeah, a, a, a small recap. And if I haven't met you before, my name is Christopher, and, and together with my wife, Ella, we are, we are lead pastors in this church, together with an awesome pastors team, and we took, off, uh, took over the church two, uh, six weeks before COVID hit. So we had six weeks and then the COVID came. So, so still last year was our second year as pastors, but it was also a very special year. And, and, and I just have to admit that the, the first half year when we were not meeting in person, it was, it was a hard year. It was a challenging year. Uh, it was, uh, looking back at the year, it was not an easy year, but I know that the church is not built just for easy years and good times. The church has been standing for 2,000 years, and Jesus has been promised that, that, that not even the gates of hell will be able to shake the church, and that is what we have seen. So I'm so thankful for, for all the members and all the leaders of this church, how people were giving, serving, praying during 2021. And we saw the faithfulness of God coming through in some awesome ways, even though it was a, a very challenging year. Are you ready for a small recap? 
Um, the miracle offering that we do every year, during 2021, I was thinking, what, what can we gather a year like this? But still, we gather over 300,000 in that, that, that miracle offering. And we were gathering for, for, uh, for five different things, for missions, online ministry. So we bought a new camera equipment. We gave away 60,000 to mission. Uh, we, we are going to release some new worship songs. I know Linnea and the team was down recording yesterday, and it will be released in February. We were investing in Next Generation. We had a big Christmas event for all the kids, and we're going to do some more things for the next generation. And we saved up a lot of it to a new facility, uh, because this is the year when we're going to step into new facilities by the grace of God. Um, so we, we saw all of that happen, and by the way, We've been counting now, and we've been giving away 283,000 during 2021 to mission in Africa. Isn't that awesome? To our festival ministry and to, and to the poor and needy in Ethiopia. So I think that's awesome. All right. The second thing is that we start up online services, and we've been having more than 110,000 views. Sarah is happy here. Uh, so we were happy for that. We saw a lot of people coming in, getting saved, actually through the online services we had. And finally now we're back online again. We, we lost it. We, we lost it for a couple of, of months when we were back, in li uh, back live. We had a, a, a very fun summer camp. After being locked in for a long, long, <laughs> for one and a half year, a lot of people came out to the summer camp we had outside Stockholm. Uh, it was a success. We had a back-to-church barbecue with a lot of people. I was wondering, will anyone come back after this time? <laughs> you know, I was thinking, will, will I be here by myself eating all of this meat? But I was so happy. We had a lot of people coming back. Uh, we had a big kids' Christmas party. Uh, we, we had a Christmas charity dinner where we gathered 118000 for the poor and needy in the city. Wasn't that awesome? And, and we've been handing that over to the Clara Church. We know that St. Clara is awesome in ministering to the poor and homeless people. So I was there meeting with, with, with a priest, Mats Nyholm, and we were handing over this money, and they were so happy for they were going to be able to do. So totally we've been giving away 400000 to mission uh, uh, over, uh, in Africa and in Stockholm. Can we give God a hand for that? And give you a hand for it because it's your giving and your generosity that makes it possible. All right. And the last thing that I want us to celebrate together. We've been baptizing 23 people and starting five new life groups. So even though it was a challenging year, I'm blown away by God's faithfulness. And not just God's faithfulness, by your faithfulness. By all the members and the leaders of this church. And uh, when, when I was preparing, I was, I was having tear, tears in my eyes. Thinking about all of you. How, how faithful you are. How generous you are. How unselfish you are. Constantly giving. Investing in other people. Loving other people. Uh, and I think that's what the church is, 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 is here for. We're called to, to love. And I think that... That, that the greatness of a church is not measured just in how many we can gather. 
but in the love of the people and the love between members. And I think that's, that, that's something we have seen and it's so beautiful. All right, stepping into the new year now, I want to, to kick off with, with a series, three-part series that I called Faithful. Faithful. God has been faithful to us. You have been faithful. And I believe that stepping into this year, we need a lot of faith. And we need to actually be full of faith. We haven't been spell, spelling faithful wrong. <laughs> it's a play with words. We believe that we need to be full of faith stepping into this year. And we're going to see God being faithful towards us. And as I've been studying and preparing, I've been, been in the book of Hebrews this, this, this Christmas studying. And I'm going to preach out of the book of Hebrews, which is a very special book. And, and I hope that God is going to reveal some treasures for you today and this and this weeks. But our vision as a church is to be a church that is for all nations. Uh, for, sorry, for all people to all nations, living the book of Acts in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. So when you look around, you can see people in this church that is for all from, um, that is very different. That is actually coming from all different nations, speaking different languages, looking different, smelling different. We used to say that SOS Church is like a milkshake. Uh, it's all kind of people mixed together. But still, and there is nothing else than Jesus that can bring us all together. <laughs> Sometimes I'm looking around and, and we are so different, but we love one another. Uh, we're smelling different, looking different, but we love one another because Jesus has brought us together. Uh, we are for all people. So if you feel, I, I don't look like anyone else here in the church. I, I feel very, very different than everyone else in the church. There's a lot of people that feel different. <laughs> Um, but, but we are together and we love God and we love one another. And we also want to be a church that is to all nations. We want to minister and preach about Jesus to all nations on the earth. And our mission work is, is so large. It's, it's enormous. Um, I think we prayed, pray, I, I might be wrong, but I think we, we prayed with some 50,000 people to salvation just through our mission work this last year. Um, God, and this upcoming year we have nine festivals. I believe hundreds of thousands is going to be saved through our festival ministry in Africa. And, and we also have our new mission base in Kenya that is expanding and, and the new Bible school we have started. So we are reaching out to all nations and we also want to live the book of Acts here in Stockholm. And if you are not familiar with the book of Acts, the book of Acts is the first Christian history book telling the story about the disciples when Jesus left them. <laughs> I mean he had been with them for three and a half years and every time every day Jesus was saying what they should do and every time they messed up Jesus was helping them but now Jesus left them and you, you get nervous just thinking of it. What, <laughs> what on earth is this disciples going to do? And, and that Jesus died on the cross, won a, new, won a victory. He gave the mission to share it to the world, to these this 11 apostles. And, and, and how, how are they going to spread this to all the world? It was because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God was going to come upon them on the day of Pentecost. And they now start to go out preaching. They were not really qualified, but God chose to unqualified and He's qualifying them. 
and he was using them. So filled up with boldness and filled with the Holy Spirit, they went out and they preached everywhere. And on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people came to salvation. And very soon, 5,000 people were, were saved and baptized. They were part of the church. And everywhere they saw signs, wonders, and miracles. Uh, blind eyes that opened up. Lame people that started to walk. Uh, death that was raised back to life. People that were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Baptized in water. They saw so, places shaking when they were praying. They saw so many miracles, signs and wonders. And actually from day one in this church, we have seen the power of God. We have so many people that can tell you stories that will blow you away about God's, God's miracles, healings that have been taking place, God's faithfulness, what the Holy Spirit have done, how He have guided us. We are a Holy Spirit-led church and we are a Holy Spirit-led people that believe in His miracles. That's why I want to take just a short moment right now since we have so many people that are sick and at home and I want to pray for them. Can we do that together as a church? And if you're sitting home joining us on this Vision Sunday now and you're home with your whole family, just put your hand on yourself. If, if, if you have COVID, if you, are, if you have fever, whatever you have, just put your hand on yourself. And, and I want to pray a short prayer to get with, with the people in here. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now I pray that your healing power will come upon this church. I pray for each and every one that is homesick right now. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that they will recover today. I pray that fever will leave. I pray that, pray that COVID-19 will leave in the name of Jesus. And, and, and many families will be cured right now, in this moment, as we are praying and taking authority over all these sicknesses. I pray for healing in the name of Jesus. And we have seen God do so many things. And I believe that God can do it right now, today. Alright, so we are believing in the book of Acts. And, and, and I have often believed that the early church just took off to the millions of members very rapidly. But when I started to read the statistics, I like, I like statistics. And, and after some 35 years after Jesus went back to heaven... Uh, it was still just a couple of tens of thousand people that were members to the church. I would have assumed there were millions. And if you would take count that there were 5,000 people very soon after the day of Pentecost. And if they would grow with just with, I, I know I'm losing some people with the numbers. But if they would grow with, with 20% every year by 65 AD, they should have been 3.5 million. And if you don't, uh, and uh, can't calculate, just, just smile. <laughs> smile and nod so you don't look. look. Uh, they should have been millions. But there were maybe 50,000 people calling themselves Christians. And when I heard that, I started to wonder, how on earth could, it, could that be the case? And, and I think that the, the leaders of the church started to wonder, what is going on? We are reaching so many people. Why is not more people being connected and plugged into the church? And sometimes as a pastor, I've been thinking the same. I've been, I have led so many people to salvation in the city. And and, and there are so many of them that is, 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 is all over. Uh, some is still walking with God, but some people are drifting away in different direction. And I have been surprised so many times and, and disappointed so many times. And I think that was the case in the book of Acts as well. But I don't think we should be surprised because actually Jesus says in a very famous parable about the sore, he says that 
the kingdom of God is like a man that is sowing seed. And that seed is the word of God. And instead of some is falling on the road. And, and, and then the birds is coming, picking up the seed, eating it up. And that is like the people that hear the gospel, but Satan snatch away the word so it, it's unfruitful. And I think that maybe someone even listening to my voice today, you have heard the gospel over and over again, but you have never given yourself to it. So you haven't seen the effect of the gospel yet. I also know that some of the, the seed fall in good soil. And Jesus said that that started to grow. And it was multiplied by 30 and 60 and, and 100 and so on. It could just multiply and multiply. Some was falling on the rocky ground where, where the soil was shallow. So it started to grow quickly. But very soon when they met persecution, heat, problems, challenges, uh, it, it died out. Because it didn't have deep roots. And I've seen many people like that. They receive it. But as soon as they meet challenges, they go back to the old life. And Jesus said that some of the seed was, 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 was falling. Let me remember the third one. I, I'm, 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 I'm losing it. Uh, rocky soil, yeah, among thorns. And when it started to grow, it was shook, uh, sh choked, <laughs> sure, huh? choked uh, by, by all the thistles and thorns. Uh, and it says that it's the people that, that hear the gospel, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth. All the different challenges is, is making it unfruitful and it dies out. And I know that many people uh, is giving, giving their attention to all kind of things. So that they never really are changed by the gospel. And it doesn't mean that the gospel doesn't work. If you take a seed and look at it, it has an enormous potential. You cannot understand how you put it in the soil and it's going to become a big tree. And you can take the tree and you can build a house out of it. I mean, you cannot understand the potential of it. You can cut it into pieces, but you cannot ever understand it. The only way to understand it is to put it in the soil and water it. And it's the same thing with the Word of God. If you receive it, it can change everything in your life. And, and, and I think that the leaders of those that day will start to think about uh, back on this parable and understanding that. And, and, and then they start to encourage the members of the church to stay focused on Jesus. To not drift away into the deceitfulness of wealth or, or the worries of this life. To, but to stay focused on Jesus and not drift back into the old life. I think that the early church challenges was very similar to our challenges. I think that we need to encourage every, each other with the same words that they did back then. It was two major challenges for the early church. The first one was persecution. Uh, 64 AD, Emperor Nero started the first great persecution against Christians. He was crucifying them in the masses and in, in putting them, crucifying them beside the, the roads in Rome. He was dipping them into oil, hanging them in trees in his garden, par garden parties, burning them alive. He was sawing them into animal furs, throwing them to the wild beasts to entertain the people. That was the persecution that the first Christians suffered. And that's why some was 
what was hiding back in their old life that's why some didn't dare to take take a stand for Jesus because they know that was the price uh, and and I know that some people in this church are coming from nations that when you choose to be baptized you know that you might risk your life if you if you're going back but still you took that choice I know that we have people in our church that been been, been persecuted that been tortured for your faith but still you took the decision to follow Christ because he was very worth more than everything else for you that was something they faced in the early church the second things was that it was socially abandoned the early church many was Jew, Jews that came to faith in Jesus and if you were the only one in your family sometimes you were pushed out of your family sometimes you were not accepted in the synagogue any longer you lost your connections some in here you have faced the same thing when you turned to Jesus, your family pushed you away. Your friends pushed you away. And, and, and you were not accepted there anymore. All of these things was things that the early church faced. And that's why maybe they were not more. But those that gave their life to Jesus, they were wholehearted. One time I was sitting up in northern India where there is a lot of persecution. And I spoke with a pastor. And I said that we have no half-hearted Christians. Because everyone giving their life to Jesus knows that they might be killed for the faith. That was what, that was what the early church experienced. And that, was, that is what men experience today as well. I want to preach out of the book of Hebrews. Because they wrote the book of Hebrews to encourage the Jewish Christians to stay faithful to Jesus and their new faith. And we don't really know who wrote it. Some people think Paul, some think Apollo, some things, thinks it was Barnabas that wrote it. So no one really knows, but I know and I'm going to reveal it in the end. I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, but but, but we, we are going to pre, pre, preach out of this book. And I hope that God is going to reveal. I have one idea, but... but yeah. <laughs> And I have three points I want to preach to you. And you wonder, why should we study the book of Hebrews? Because if that helped the Christian in those days, when they went through all of it, it might help you with your challenges. Maybe you're sitting here and you tend to drift, drift back into your old life sometimes. Or you, you tend to, to think it's very hard because some people is pushing you away. Or you're not really accepted all over because you're a Christian. And some is thinking that you are, are a bit stupid because you're a Christian. And you are challenged by all of these things if that could help the Christian in those days I believe it's going to help you are you with me point one is this remember Jesus is better than your past uh, Hebrews 1 and 1 says this in the past come on in the past God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways but in the last days he has spoken to us by his son whom he appointed here of all things and through whom him who also made the universe so the first thing the author of Hebrews says is that he's affirming their past he says that I know that God has been speaking to you before through the prophets and, and, and through the traditions of the elders and all of that but right now he's been speaking through you to you through Jesus and that's what I want to say Jesus is better 
Jesus is better than your past. I think that's what the author tries to say. He, he doesn't blame their past. They say, it's okay, it's okay, but Jesus is better. If you right now start to think about an old life where you were living before, and yeah, I had a, at least had a lot of fun, and I was doing this and this, and, and you, you, try, you tend to slip out. I want to say that Jesus is better than your past. Never ever forget that. I remember myself when, when Jesus stepped into my life. As a teenager, I've been telling my story before to this church, but my parents got saved when I was around 10 years old. And I started to go to some Christian youth meetings. And sometimes when I was in worship, I felt His presence. It was almost like I could touch it at times, His presence, because it was so real. But every time when I left, that, 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 that feeling left until I was 17 years old. And I decided I'm going to follow Jesus. I no longer, longer care what they think about me in my school, what, what they think about me in my football team. I no longer care. I'm going to go after Jesus. And when I come home, I continue to pray and read the Bible. And what I experienced when I was praying back home was that that same feeling, that atmosphere was filling my room, was filling my heart over and over again. And still to this day, it is that presence of Jesus that is carrying me. When I'm going up in the morning, I'm lighting a candle, drinking my coffee, reading my Bible, praying with Jesus. And I meet with Him. It's changing everything. It's worth everything. Um, it, it's better than everything, anything else. Jesus is better than your past. Verse 3 says, The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being. Sustaining all things by His, by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So what is he saying? He says that Jesus is the exact representation. He's the radiance of the glory of God. When you meet with Jesus, God's glory is radiating. You can feel it. You can touch it. Like the sun is radiating the light and the heat. When you're coming to Jesus, you can feel the heat of God. You can feel the presence of God. And I think that His presence is filling this room. You can feel it. You can experience it. When you're sitting back home in your living room, you can sense His presence. He's the radiance of His glory. And then it says that because He provided purification of sins. Why is Jesus better than your past? Because he's purifying you. <laughs> he's taking away your sin. I remember when, when I gave my life to Jesus and I experienced how the heaviness was lifted off. The yoke was lifted off. And I could have peace in my heart. And I've experienced so many times since then. And I want you to know that no matter what you have done before, Jesus can lift away that sin. Because he's been purifying it. And he provides purification of sins. That is what Jesus does. No doctor can do it. No shrink can do it. No, none or no other place in society can you be forgiven of your sins. But Jesus is doing it. And when I've been praying for this service, I've been having an image in my mind how someone been standing. You've been, you've been feeling so dirty. You've been feeling so, uh, yeah, feeling so much shame. And you've been standing in the shower and you've been trying to, trying to wash away the dirt and the shame you're feeling because you've done things that you regret so much. You've been trying to wash it off, but nothing helps you. I want to say that Jesus helps. When you're coming to Him, surrendering your life to Him, you say, Jesus, purify me. He's washing away the dirt. He's washing away the, 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 away the shame. 
and you can be filled with that peace again and again and again no matter how many times you've been falling you can come to Jesus because it's better than your past point number two is this remember Jesus knows your struggle we read from Hebrews 2 and 9 we do see Jesus who was made lower than the angels for a little while now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone Jesus he is God and he was leaving his place in heaven and all the glory to come down here to earth to meet with you and me he was humbling himself and he was showing us that by humbling yourself you doesn't make yourself small but you're qualifying to be great because you can connect with people you can you can meet with people you can help them with the real needs gee in all other religions it's about how mankind can try to climb a ladder to reach God but in Christianity God came down in a human body hello yes wow awesome I said just said for you that are online I just said some awesome things but you missed it because you should have been you should have been here no if you have symptoms please please stay home uh, so Jesus he humbled himself and came and met with all of us isn't that wonderful he can relate to what you're going through he knows your struggle in Hebrews 2 and 18 it's written that because he he himself suffered when he was tempted he's able to help those who are being tempted Jesus the Son of God have been tempted in all things and I want to speak faith to you that are tempted you that are tempted to give up you that are tempted tempted to give up on your marriage you that are tempted to give up on your integrity you that are tempted to give up on the calling God has for you you that are tempted to go back into your old life you that are tempted tempted by lust you that are tempted by by, by greed you that are tempted. there are so many different temptation but Jesus was tempted in it all yet he did not sin but because he have been experiencing it he's standing side by side with you and me and he says I want to help you if you're struggling right now tell me and I'm going to help you I stand with you he's a God that can associate with you and me and when I was reading this I was thinking about George Bush <laughs> on 9-11 can we take up this picture? I was reading a story a couple of years ago and I was thinking about this and I had to go back and read this story again. Uh, on 9-11 when, when, when the Twin Towers was, was hit by, by, the, by the airplane, George Bush had just been in office for a few months as the President of the United States and this happened. And, and, uh, and of course he's shocked like everyone else and you don't really know what to do but what he decided to do I mean he could have stayed in the White House he's the president of the United States he could have stayed in a couch taken some decisions sent out some people but he took and he was flying into New York and he was walking around in the city and he was walking around on ground zero looking 
looking at everything. And then all of a sudden, spontaneously, he was climbing up on some of the rabble that was still, you know, it was still smoke coming out of the rest of the Twin Towers. But he was climbing up because he saw a, an elderly a firefighter. And, and they were giving their lives to fight right there. So he was climbing up and he was laying his arm around him. And he took the bullet, what was it, a bullet horn? bullhorn uh, he was borrowing it and he started to speak to the people uh, isn't it awesome that the president is is associating with the people he's coming close to the people and and he started to speak to the people and after a while someone in the crowd was shouting that he couldn't hear the president because the bullhorn was probably not good enough but then the president was replying and and he was replying with some words that made it to the history he says but i can hear you and the rest of the world hears you. And soon the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us. Uh, but these words, but I hear you. I was thinking of them when I read about Jesus. Jesus, he was not the president of the United States. He's God. Creator of heaven and earth. And he could have forever and ever stayed up in heaven. Everything is fine with him. But he's not fine when he saw people struggling. So he came down and was climbing up on our ashes. He was climbing up on our mess. And he was laying an arm around us and saying, If you're tempted, if you're struggling, if you're fighting, I'm right here with you. I hear you. I have seen you crying when no one else has seen you. I have heard your prayers that no one else has heard. I know you I've been creating you with a purpose and I'm not far away I'm right here with you and he wants to lay his arm around you today and say I never give up on you I love you Jesus he is with you amen so remember that Jesus knows your struggle he knows your pain he knows what you're going through number three is this remember Jesus is faithful Hebrews 3 and 1 Therefore, holy brothers and sisters who share in the heavenly calling, fix, here is the key, fix your thoughts on Jesus. There is so much that wants to take your attention. There is so much that won't want to take your focus. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. He was faithful to the one who appointed him, just as Moses was faithful in all of God's household. He is faithful. I want you to remember that he is faithful in the midst of what you, what you are through. Fix your eyes on Jesus because he is faithful. The word faithful in Greek is pistos. Aha, uh-huh. it helps everyone. <laughs> pistos means believe or faithful. It has to do with faith. So if you want to be faithful, you need to be full of faith. Jesus is full, full of faith, so he's faithful. And I want to preach to you to be faithful in the same way as the author of the Hebrews wrote to the, to the Jewish Christians and encouraged them to be faithful, even if they met persecution, even if they were socially abandoned. They, he said, be faithful as God has been faithful. And I want to tell you, be faithful because Jesus is faithful to you and there is one way to be full of faithful and that is to be full of faith and sometimes we feel I'm not really there right now I have felt that many times but there is one thing I'm doing when when I when I when I'm right there when I'm not full of faith I know that I need to get to Jesus and fix my thoughts on him 
I need to pray to Him. I need to read the Bible. I need to listen to a message. I need to meet with some other believers praying together. Uh, hearing them sharing some testimonies. And what, is, what, that does, what, what, what it helps me to do is to fix my thoughts on Jesus. Doubt is when you look on two roads in the same time. You have this road and you have this road. And you're trying to walk with one leg on each of them. Or, or your thoughts is divided. That's where doubt is happening. But faith comes when you look on one road. And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you want faith, you need to look on Jesus because He is the way. And He's going to fill you up with faith. We can take the next slide. That's why we have church. You know, church is not a building. We want to have a new building. We want to buy a new building and so on. Because I think that a building is important because it's a home for us. It's a place where we can meet. But the church is really the people. Uh, People coming together in different homes. People meeting in, in life groups or house churches. That is we coming together. That is the church. The building is more like a gas station. You coming here on a Sunday, you're joining in online. And when you're coming here, we have, we have a worship leader that says, okay, let us now stand up. Let us lift up our hands. And some people are like, why, why should I lift up my hands? Why should I stand up? Because it helps you to not do anything else. <laughs> close your eyes and lift up your face. Why should I close my eyes? Because, because you should not look on all the beautiful people around you. <laughs> you should try to fix your thoughts on Jesus. And then you're singing out. And sometimes the worship leader says, think about every word that you're singing right now because when you think about the words how you're singing to Jesus and I know some of us we sing terrible we don't want to sing loud that's why we have loud music in the room so we can't hear ourselves sing but when when you're singing out and you're lifting up your hands and you're focusing in on Jesus you are being filled up it's like you coming to the gas station and and you're filled up with some new gas so that you can go out for another week. Are you with me? When I'm preaching, what I try to do is to say, Jesus is better than your past. Jesus is better. And have you fixing your thoughts on Jesus? Because then you're filled with faith again. And you're walking out feeling, we can take the world together. Nothing is impossible. And, and, and you don't remember that you came here like an empty car. Rolling up to the parking. You know, like you didn't even make it to the parking lot. Because the tank was empty. But when you've been here... You you're walking out, filled up again, ready to go out and make a difference in this world. The church is like a gas station. And if you want to be full of faith, we need to fill you up by focusing in on Jesus. Amen? Yes. Um, verse 3 says this. Jesus has been found worthy, great, uh, worth greater honor than Moses. Just as the builder of the house has greater honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone. But God is the builder of everything. Moses was faithful as a servant in all God's house. Bearing witness that uh, what would be spoken by God in the future. 
Every house is built by someone. That's why I think Paul is writing this story because he always speaks about house or bodies. It feels like Paul is writing this. But, but he says that the church is a house. God is building a house. God is building a house right here in Stockholm. And God's house has many different rooms. One room is called SOS Church. Another room is called Södermalm Church or Wow Church as they call it now. One room is called a City Church or Hillsong or Philadelphia or, or New Life. There is a lot of different rooms in the house that God is building in Stockholm but God is the owner of it God is the builder of it this is not the pastors in his church building this house it is God that is building a house here in here in Stockholm SOS church is a room in his house and, and I'm so happy that God is the builder because when, when, when everything is hard, when everyone gets sick and I feel like, God, what is happening? I know that he is the builder and not me, not any other passage. We trust in God because he is the faithful builder of his house. And that's why I think that Paul was writing it because he loves to speak about house and different things like that. I think that if Apollos would have written the letter to the Hebrews, he would have speak about the team. Because he's, he was more of a sports guy, I think. I don't know, but I think so. And, and, and he would speak about the football team. He loves football. I, it's not written in the Bible, but I, I believe Apollos, if he would have lived by now, he would have loved football. Can we take up a picture of a team? I would say that the church is a team. We are like a football team. I'm sorry, I love football. Uh, there is a lot of analogies around football. We are a team. And in a football team, there is different players. We have some people that are forwards, that are always scoring. They don't do so much else, but they are at least scoring the goals. Uh, and that is the evangelist. They are always leading someone to salvation, always baptizing someone, uh, because they are evangelists. We have someone else that, that is the coach. I think that is the apostle standing by the sideline telling people what to do and not do. The goalie, I, I, I don't know who they, I think is maybe a prophet because they, they are by themselves having an overview. Doing, I don't know. We have, different, we have different tasks. But the point is that everyone is needed. Everyone in a team is needed. I'm going to cast some vision for 2022. We have some big visions. We want to see God do a lot of things in the church this year. And I know that when I cast vision, some will feel, oh, I'm not so good at that. No, but you can do something. Some people are good at winning the lost. Some is good at giving and financing projects. Some is good at serving. Some is good at caring. Some is good at organizing. We all have different gifts. And when we put them on the table of God, He can use it. And I know that in the church, we also have some people that, that is injured. That is happening in a team. Sometimes someone is, is injured. We can take the next slide. And you need to be cared out. Sometimes we have people that are serving God in a church, but then they go through something. They go through a crisis. Something happened. A, a, a close one dies. Some, someone is going through a divorce. Something is happening. And, and now they cannot play. They cannot contribute. They need to be cared out. They need to be cared for. And that is something we want to do as well. When I'm speaking about the vision and the different goals, if someone feels... Ah, I, 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 I'm so injured. I, I don't know what I can contribute with. No, you are cared for in the team. You're still part of the team. You can lift up your hands sometimes and shout, come on, let's, let's continue to play. But you still belong to the team. We are a team. We're winning together. We are losing together. But we never lose because we're always winning. We are a team. And, and I, want you, I want you, I hate losing. It's the worst thing. 
It's the worst thing. More than I love winning, I, I hate losing. And we are part of the team of God. He's building his own team. And this year that we're stepping into, I believe that we're going to see God doing some amazing things. But we need a team unity, the team spirit. When we're playing with one vision, when we're all doing what we can do, and we are caring for one another, loving one another, and encouraging one another. And we're going to see God do some awesome things this year. You have been listening to a podcast from SOS Church Stockholm. If you want to know more about the church or have information about our Bible school and leadership academy, go online to soschurch.se. We hope to see you soon at a celebration here in Stockholm or at one of our daughter's churches in Gothenburg or Malmö. Have a wonderful week.